Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Hi, I'm Tracy Koga. And thanks for downloading this podcast from ilikehugh.com. If you can, give us a follow or subscribe. And remember that all the information about the guests in today's episode can be found at ilikehugh.com. Now, let's get started. Harvest, the CEO of Winnipeg Harvest, and I want to proudly say that the majority of Karen's staff are women. Am I correct? Yes, I know. And amazing women in all of their jobs. So, well, first of all, cheers to that. Well, cheers. <laughs> Welcome to the Hugh Crew, Karen. Welcome. You'll never Welcome. be the same. Sorry to say that. <laughs> One more. Cheers. Yes, cheers. And of course, I want to do a big shout out to Fox Ridge Homes. They are the company that are allowing us to be in this gorgeous show home in Sage Creek and definitely details do make the difference sure and do. you know what it just really makes this whole atmosphere of having mm-hmm. great conversation yes. glass of wine all that much it better yes. yes okay so Karen we're gonna put you on the hot seat okay. since uh, special guest um, how you even became the CEO of Winnipeg Harvest oh. is you know it is a story in itself too. taking on the reins of what our province's Biggest food bank, one of the largest in Canada, no doubt. Like 13.2 million pounds of food you pushed last year wow. to so many food banks. It's it's amazing, it really is. And yeah. a sad thing though too, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, yeah. The, the need is there and it hasn't yeah. gone away in mm-hmm. 34 years. Wow. So what attracted you to Winnipeg Harvest? I think it was in uh, two things. Number one, I was doing a lot of traveling. I was a consultant focusing on leading change in, in national organizations and moved back to Winnipeg recently with my family. I grew up here and I was traveling all the time. So my husband finally said, have you ever thought of working in Winnipeg instead of traveling all the time? And I thought, what would I ever do? Um, and then I just went online and I saw this position. And I thought, well, I don't know, like I have a background in, in social work, so I know who our clients are and I have a background in business and leadership. And I thought, well, I'll put my hat in the ring, and I did, and got great feedback, and really went quite smoothly through the process, and met the board committee, and that was awesome. And then it was kind of a done deal, it just kind of happened. Wow, so in your second, second, going into your second year now, Mm -hmm. lots of change. Yes. Yes, and and, you know, so okay, so let, you know, let's fill in the ladies here on some of your, you know your accomplishments. I mean, this is a this is an, a, a fair arena to like. Let's celebrate yes. success. Let's Ooh, celebrate. Let's uh-huh. Yes, the wins. Yeah. At Harvest in the last two yes. years. Yes. What have goodness. you done? Well, we were going through a lot of transition when I got there, so I really wanted to focus on understanding who Harvest is and what we do, because I went to the site, I read, and I thought, okay, we're a food bank, 
And then when I got there, I realized we're so much more than mm. a food bank. And that seems to be like the biggest secret kept in town that nobody really knows that we're so much bigger. Mm. And then I wanted to understand what they did and then focus on learning who our folks are that we work with, mm -hmm. also who our team was. And I really wanted to create a really strong environment of really people that were, were both passionate and focused and accountable, right. you know, because we are completely donor funded. So I wanted to make sure that if we're using donor dollars to staff our organization to get these things all done, that everyone's doing their maximum they could. Mm -hmm. And that was really well received. And we spent about the last almost two years building a really strong team. Yeah. And a team that I'm very proud of, that are very committed and passionate about the work that we do. So that's probably one, been one of the biggest things that we did. We've also focused on our warehouse. We have a 65,000 square foot warehouse, and you've been there. I know. It's quite large. <laughs> mm -hmm. um, and tell everyone where it is, just so they know. We're at 1085 Winnipeg Avenue, so okay. just off the corner of Notre Dame and Phillips. Mm -hmm. yeah. Just behind say, Lucky Grocery, right? right oh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Or the McDonald's. <laughs> or the McDonald's. That's pretty good highlight there. Um, so we actually got a, one of our large retail partners to come in and help us figure out how to use our space more efficiently mm -hmm. because we have so much product that comes in from all of our donors. Mm -hmm. The space seems like a lot, but yeah. actually it's not to move that much food around plus have volunteers and mm -hmm. staff. We have three volunteer shifts a day, six days a week. Mm -hmm. So it's a very busy place. Wow. So um, we really want, so we spent about a, a good year and a half just getting the flow really good. So people mm -hmm. were moving and not on top of each other and getting our food stored. So, you know, last in, first out mm -hmm. kind of a thing. So we're, mo we're being mm -hmm. efficient. And that was a huge thing for us. So we're really excited about that. We've been building our team, fine, you know, I'm a change person, so to me, change is about understanding what do you want to get done, how do you want to do it the most efficient way, create the processes and checks and balances, so that's what we've been doing. Mm -hmm. uh, well, I mean, you are very, very busy. So I, I'm going to ask you this question, and I don't think I've ever, because I've interviewed you, Karen, and gotten to know you. Uh, you stepped into this role, and it was a big, you know, it, it is a big role, but it was held by a person for a, a long, long time. And, you know, and, and at that point, you know, it was, I wouldn't say totally male dominated, but there were a lot more men. And now, and then now you stepped into these shoes and you've seen a shift, you see a shift, you mm -hmm. feel different when you walk into Harvest now, seriously. Mm -hmm. And not to say just because, you know, most of the staff are women, but there seems to be a lot more of a caring atmosphere. People walk around with smiles on their faces. For you, I mean, obviously this was important, but was it important to actually get more of that female, you know, I guess, visible there, female employees visible? I think it was more just form rather than function. I didn't pick that, but when you put roles out there in the not-for-profit sector, because mostly those roles are not as high as high paying as if you're in the, mm. the for-profit side, I find that if you're a two-income household, the female, if that's a, something of passion for them, they tend to enter the sector more than males because men's male tend to be the, the dominant breadwinners still. Right. So we find that we have a lot more women that apply. We have a few men that apply, mm -hmm. but I think it's also hard for men in certain roles to work with, I consider myself a strong woman, I know what I'm looking for. And I think that can be tricky for some men. Um, yes. I think women find that more reassuring and a great way to get mentorship and guidance so that mm -hmm. it seems to fit really well. But our leadership team, we have five leaders. One of them is a male. 
And, you know, it's taken him over <laughs> yes. the last six to yeah. nine months yeah. to sort of get his feet with all these women in the yeah. room. Um, we do tend to have a lot more men in the warehouse, though, just because the work is just so much more labors. physical. Mm -hmm. right. But the rest pretty much is mostly female. Yeah, and that's, that's pretty indicative of the entire sector. Mm -hmm. It really is female dominant, with the exception of a lot of the CEOs tend to still be men. Yeah. Interesting. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So. Well, mm -hmm. I just want to say kudos on having a team that has four strong women. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to say, I consider myself strong. You are. Mm -hmm. Let's own it. And I, <laughs> I'm over here like, no, wrong. <laughs> You know, but, and, and I think that we need more of that, right? We need more women who are standing up and saying, look, I have something to say. I have something to bring to the table, my catchphrase. And, <laughs> you know, like, we can do great things under mm -hmm. female leadership because we just think with a different brain. You know, not to discount men. Let's not start hating on things. But, know, but to celebrate the way that women do do things and that there's an alternative. And that there needs to be more diversity at the VP level. Absolutely. Yeah. Do you think women are better delegators of food than men? Delegators <laughs> of food? I'm not sure what that means. Um, Question we do. <laughs> Well, we know how to shop, you know, we do the majority of the grocery shopping. No, I know. I, yeah, just sort of like was when we we're talking about, yeah. you know, the whole male dominance yeah. kind of mm -hmm. thing, because your business is food. Yes, yeah. that's our big business. Yeah. And um, so I don't know if women are better delegators. We tend to have a lot more of them in our particular organization across mm -hmm. the country. Um, there are not that many large food banks run by women. Mm -hmm. um, Winnipeg Harvest was founded by a woman. I know, yeah. Lee Newton. Oh. Yes. yes. It's awesome. Wow. Yeah, no, she, was, she was a wonderful person. And if we even look in our own backyard, we still have the highest rate of children that are living below the poverty line and meaning that they're not getting the nutrition. Mm -hmm. So there's, a, there's one uh, program I want to talk about too, this great breakfast to go. There's a yeah. little, you know, baby of, you know, whatever of, of yours too. Mm -hmm. And we realize that, okay, yes, breakfast is important during the mm -hmm. week, but what happens when those kids leave Friday yeah. afternoon and not come back until Monday morning? Right. What are they eating? Mm -hmm. And so the weekend program is really cool. Yeah, we, we discovered that some of those kids were not eating on the weekend, and the, the women that run the breakfast programs in the schools would see the kids, and they know they hadn't eaten all weekend. So we were looking at a way to support children on the weekend, mm -hmm. And we partnered with a nurse practitioner that talked about from the World Health Organization and the United Nations talks about the importance of breakfast. Mm -hmm. And just that's the most important meal of the day. Mm -hmm. And if it's nutritious and healthy, that will get you through. Mm -hmm. So we put together a breakfast to go program where we started last year at Mulvey School, 370 kids. And for the entire school wow. year, every single week, they took a pack home. It's in a beautiful bag. We've got a really a nice, like, almost like a Superman logo that says breakfast to go. Mm -hmm. So there's no shame in taking right. it home. Mm -hmm. We have in them little affirmations that make them feel good. So when they open it up on the weekend, it says, you're awesome. And kids do them, adults do them. So they get this little package. And they get two snacks, one for each day, and a, a really nutritious, healthy breakfast. Mm. Um, and that, that are very kid-friendly and easy mm -hmm. to put together. So they get milk and cereal or yogurt and cheese strings and some vegetables and some fruit. So, and we're also trying to let people, parents see what are healthy choices right. for them to right. eat. Right. That's a really important part of our nurse practitioner wanting to do the education. So we actually go into the school, mm -hmm. nurse practitioner, and a whole host of other practitioners, and we meet on parent day and talk to them about the program, 
We're also doing research, so we're tracking and talking, doing a baseline study, and then talking with the parents, the students, and the teachers about the impact of the program. So we're just kicking off this Friday, year number two. Wow. So we have yeah. Mulvey, Pinkham School, and then we're adding Victor Wyatt. So we'll have 770 kids this year having yeah. breakfast on the weekend. Mm -hmm. and, you, and ladies, you probably know, like Victor Wyatt mm -hmm. is like yeah. in South Safe Patel. Yeah. I mean, we're talking like yeah, suburbia. Right. Yeah, like yeah. Yeah. schools are there, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so mm -hmm. I mean, it's, it's all over the place, it is. isn't it? It's it not is. just concentrated in one area of the city. No. no, and I mean, it's a global issue. In, mm -hmm. in Miami, where my bonus son goes to school, you know, they do breakfast at school, and yes. it is one of those things. And you think about it, like for us, where we feed him every day, mm -hmm. sometimes you're still like out of convenience. You're like, you're going to eat at school. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. But then when you think about the severity of the issue that yeah. some people don't even have to give to their mm -hmm. kids or have yeah. the option. Um, you know, we know how we feel when we hit that three o'clock window and we're yeah. grown <laughs> and we could run out and go get something to eat and we're privileged in that sense that we're like, I'm hungry, but, mm -hmm. or we're skipping meals because mm -hmm. Again, we're privileged. Well, kids can't concentrate in school. Kids can't, yeah, you they know. Don't, if they're not well fed, and mm -hmm. and who are they going to tell? Right. If mm -hmm. if we don't take that telling part um, on for them, mm -hmm. then it's almost as if they're betraying their family confidence, and right. we don't we don't want to mm -hmm. put children in that position. So mm -hmm. we can get in front of it and help them. And right a big where they piece that you talked about, that there is no shame no. in this, you yep. know what I mean? Because a lot of kids that are in difficult situations feel like they have to be the ones who fix something or they feel like they've done something wrong. Well, and right. let's be real that we're talking about parents who are working poor. Yes. These are, these yeah. are people yeah. who are working two or yeah. three jobs mm -hmm. and trying to put together enough of a life and food for their children. Yes. I mean, that's the issue as well, right? Yeah. There's a whole mm -hmm. ton of issues that are wrapped up in that, but yep. people yep. who are working poor shouldn't be punished because yep. they right. can't put food on the table. Exactly. Yep. But, you know, we have to give kudos out to the teachers. Mm -hmm. Most yeah. teachers, you go into their classrooms, they've got drawers full of food because wow. they see kids are hungry and they go mm -hmm. over. So, mm -hmm. you know, even the breakfast programs in the schools, when we sat down and talked to some of the school divisions, they had no idea how many school programs we provide food to because yeah. there is a real need. The North is worse. Mm -hmm. In the North, you know, they have Breakfast Club of Canada, one of our partners for Breakfast mm -hmm. to Go, mm -hmm. provides for some schools all their meals because that's the only yeah. place kids are for sure going to get food. Mm -hmm. And we've had, um, I've talked to many of our clients and some of them who are now adults, still struggling with their mm -hmm. own challenges. They remember being little kids and saying, I would get up myself, I would get dressed, I would walk to school, hot, cold, in the snow, and why? Because they had a hot breakfast every day wow. mm -hmm. and they were hungry. Mm -hmm. And that person went to school and then because of their lifestyle, they were able to get educated, move mm -hmm. out of that poverty situation, you know, and move on. But that's what we want to really do is break that cycle of poverty. Right. If kids are in school and they're coming, even if it's just to be fed mm -hmm. during yeah. the day and in the weekend, mm -hmm. then they're also going to be there to learn. That's yeah. right. And once yeah. they're in and get some yeah. success, then they mm -hmm. can move forward. Mm -hmm. right. So where has it gone wrong? Like because Shanna you said privileged yeah. privilege that I can go out this and yeah. you know privilege we can go to a restaurant uh, but the simplest things as putting food on the table for your family what where have where have things gone I mean 
I, I well, I think that goes back to the fact that there's a whole other issue there, right? Mm -hmm. Like, I mean, we're talking yeah. about living wages now mm -hmm. and universal basic incomes. All right. of those things are coming into play now, and people still don't really understand. If you're if you are privileged and don't understand what that means to somebody to mm -hmm. provide those basic things. Um, it's difficult to explain what kind of benefit that can have, not just for yourself, but for any children that are involved in that mm -hmm. situation, right? So you look at rent prices. People have yeah. to decide if they're going to pay mm -hmm. rent, pay their hydro bill, yeah. or eat. And exactly. they'll let their kids eat before they yeah. do, right? So we're putting mm -hmm. people in very difficult situations. Yeah. I mean, I was just watching on Facebook while I was scrolling, you know, <laughs> the other day. But there was a homeless man talking about how he used to live in the suburbs of wherever mm -hmm. in the States. Mm -hmm and he had been on the streets for a year and in that year how people were super degrading and super disrespectful and calling him names and how did you see this one and how you know every day he like sits outside of the train station and he just hopes to get enough money to have a place to stay that night and if he can't, that he has to go to the park and then he will get shooed away at 5 a.m. and he starts again. Mm -hmm. I think that when we go down to the very basics of humanity, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. we, it's cold outside right yeah. now and we're complaining because there's some rain, but there's somebody who is sleeping in that tonight. Mm -hmm. And I think that when we can look at it from an aspect of what's one thing I could do every single day to just make somebody else's life a little bit easier. Mm -hmm. It might not take a lot of money. It might take just saying like, I hope you're having a great day or, hey, here's this umbrella in the back of my car. Like, stay warm today, stay dry. Mm -hmm. Like, it's so small and I think that can we fix mass issues mm -hmm. in a day? No. Yeah. Can we fix them as one organization? No. But can you make a dent every single day that mm -hmm. you wake up and say, what can I as an individual um, do to just better somebody's life today? Maybe don't be an ass to them. Mm -hmm. Well, and Maybe. the thing about, yeah. so he talked about living yeah. in the suburbs, right? And the yeah. thing that I think a lot of people um, are in their privilege bubble with right. is that they don't understand that they are probably one or two paychecks away, away from, mm -hmm. that. from being exactly in that situation. Valid. Or one um, incident of a mental illness issue, yes. uh, whether it's them or a spouse, to right. be living in that same situation. And then yeah. you add children to that, yep. you have no choice in the matter. That's right. And we're looking at painful realities for yeah. a lot of people, right? Yeah. So um, I read that and it was, yeah. of course, heartbreaking yeah. well, to me. But um, I think that, like you said, every single day we are faced with choices about how we can treat other people. Yeah. And, um, you know, seeing the person sitting outside the Tim's or the McDonald's or the whatever, I will always go up to them That's and right. say, have you eaten today? That's it's the right. first question I ask them. That's and right. if they say no, I'll say, what would you like to eat? Because right. you really have to be respectful too. Mm -hmm. There was one time I gave a gentleman a granola bar. And he yes. said, I would love to have this, but he said, my teeth will not be able to handle um, this. And I yeah. said to him, I said, thank you so for, much for, for telling that. me that, yeah. because yeah. now I know. Yeah. Yeah. It's not that you're being picky. Yeah. You know, people think like, how can you be picky if you're poor? And it's just like, that's not the issue here. Yeah. The issue is he's telling you how you can help him, actually. Yeah. Yeah. So right. now I think about those things, and that's why I ask, what would you like to right. It's not on me to you know, right. decide what you would like or need. Yeah. You can tell me, and I can help provide that in some way. I there's a lot of judgment sometimes, right? We see people, we see kids, we see like I saw a kid sitting outside a gas station looking super ratty one day and I'm like where are your parents <laughs> what is happening mm -hmm. and we also do live in a day and time where you have to be careful yes. and mindful yeah. who mm -hmm. you approach and when you approach them mm -hmm. and how you approach them but I think again if we could just step outside that bubble and say if it were me mm -hmm. like if I was stripped of all of the things that are good in my life right mm -hmm. now would I just want somebody to show some grace? Yep. 
absolutely. Yeah. I, you know what I absolutely. mean? And that's what they do at Harvest. Yeah. And yes. I just really wanted to talk to Karen, too, is that the whole, I guess, not the climate, well, it is the climate, but the people yeah. that come to a food bank now mm. has changed dramatically since, you know, 10, 15 years ago. And with, you know, immigrants coming in. Yes. And mm -hmm. there's so many different factors now. You know, and, and you touched on it too, your social yeah. status and, you know, mental illness and mental yeah. wellness too. I mean, that's all coming into issue. Yeah, we do see a lot of newcomer families that are quite large, like seven mm -hmm. to 12 right. children, which is right. something new for us. Mm -hmm. um, we have folks on that speak Arabic and mm -hmm. they speak um, German and they, you know, different languages because we need them. Quite yeah. often you hear pages about that. Mm -hmm. um, but I think you're right. And I always talk about the fact that people can be two or three paychecks away yes. from having to use a food bank. Yeah. And people, when they hear that, they're really shocked. Mm -hmm. Or the interest rates rise. Who's going to afford it? not available yeah. to you anymore. All of those factors <laughs> yeah. make yeah. a huge difference in people. But when I'm, what I'm proud about Harvest is Harvest is not just us at 1085 Winnipeg Avenue. We have over 400 food banks across wow. the province. Yeah. And all those folks that run them pretty much are all volunteers. Wow. And they're all different. They're like community run. Mm -hmm. So you can go into one where people are making soup. And you come in and you get a, a bowl of soup and a dinner. And then you get your hamper to go home. Mm -hmm. Your kids get some toys to play with. We've got ones where ladies actually mend people's clothing for them. Wow. And collect food and um, clothing and distribute them besides just the food. So there's a lot of folks and in our food bank network, we have over 4,000 volunteers yeah. across the province that are warm and welcoming to all the folks that come in because they recognize mm -hmm. there should be no shame. There no. should be, really there should be no need to have yeah. to have to go to a food bank, right. but we do need one. Mm -hmm. And when you go, you should not be ashamed to want to feed your children. Mm -hmm. And I've been in our food bank. We have a food bank in our building. And I've seen our food bank volunteers. Most of them are our clients that have mm -hmm. decided to volunteer. And we have this sign that talks about, we're not here to judge, we're just here to serve. Mm -hmm. And when they go and they hand this family who's in dire needs of food, they are smiling. Right. And they are happy to receive fresh produce mm -hmm. and things to feed their family because they didn't have anything. Right. And it, it's the work that we do is so impactful every single day. There's never, what did I do today? Did I, did I help someone? Right. Mm -hmm. it's, yeah. it's just amazing. And the ripple effect goes out and out into the community all over. So it's a great place to work. It must be so different for you now, right? Yes. Yeah. It's very different <laughs> every day. That might um, be of interest to others. How do folks get involved with Winnipeg Harvest? Yeah. Well, we have a website where you can go on to www.winnipegharvest.org. And if you go onto our website, there's a place to volunteer. And you can either call or send an email. And we have a great volunteer crew. And they will hook you up to come in. And they do. An, if you want to be a long-term volunteer, you do an orientation. So we learn what your skill sets are. Because if you're a doctor, do we want you actually sorting potatoes? Maybe not. Maybe you can help us some other ways. Or if you have a skilled, mm -hmm. if you're someone like Natalie and you're a guru at social media and she yes. wants to volunteer, we'll have her come down and help us do something fun. And so we, do. Yeah. So I want to be able to mix people, their skill sets, to make them feel they're giving a contribution that is something relevant to them. Mm -hmm. So there's lots of ways to volunteer, both in our, in our building and in the community. But also we have thousands of folks that do food drives in their organizations at work. Wow. And we have another way to also do that. We're hitting our really busy season between Thanksgiving and right. Christmas. Mm -hmm. And we have about probably 400 food drives that go on in businesses all across the city. 
and we'll never have enough food to manage everything we need. So I encourage you, that's another great way. If you go there, you can find how do I do a food drive. Mm -hmm. We have a whole little kit for you. Yeah. And you just tell all your coworkers, okay, this week we're doing this. Here's our, bring your tins for the bin. And we're gonna fill this up and bring it in. And that's an amazing and easy way to help. There's so many ways to help. And Karen, wow. even kids can help with that, right? Absolutely. Because my kids have done it for their birthday parties. Yeah. Where yes. instead of presents, yes. we've collected for Winnipeg mm -hmm. Harvest. And then you have a special program for them called Special Kids, I think. Kids Who Care. Kids mm. Who Care, yeah. which I love. And it's a really um, great way to get them involved in yes. their community and to understand that helping is mm -hmm. just, and being a part of your community is just yes. the way that your family wants to do yeah. things. I think it's great. Well, last week we had that big movement right on Friday. All the kids went yeah. down to the lake. Yes. Yes. Mm -hmm. yes. Including yeah. my grade five granddaughter was Aww. there, and um, but kids are really passionate about yes. social justice yes, and wanting to help each mm -hmm. other. Mm -hmm. So we have a whole school program as well. Yep. We have all lots of schools come into their into our building, and we talk to them and teach them that there's no stigma in needing food. It's okay, and that we're here to help mm -hmm. people in need because sometimes it might just be for a short period. Right. We have yeah. a lot of short term users that yes. come in because someone's lost their job right. or they're a seasonal employee mm -hmm. right. to get through a hard mm -hmm. time. So there's lots of different stories and we just want to really make that normal and okay. Yep. Mm -hmm. Everyone deserves food. And if you have to go to a food bank to get it, that's okay. Mm -hmm. And tell us too about the buying power of Winnipeg Harvest, Karen. Mm -hmm. So I know that if I donate a dollar to you, you can stretch that into 10 basically, right? Well, we have certainly lots of great partners that help mm -hmm. us maximize our dollars. And we try to make sure that we use our dollars really wisely. Accountability is really important for mm -hmm. us and for me and to make sure that we do everything we possibly can. We have lots of very gracious donors across the province as well as lots of partners that give us food as well through our retailers and other programs. And we are really fortunate in Manitoba. Manitoba is known to be yes. one very high in the country for volunteering and, donor, and donors. So, you know, you always feel like, oh, I gotta ask, give us money, give us money, but it makes a huge difference. Mm -hmm. Like there is a real impact and people mm -hmm. see that. Mm -hmm. And we always invite donors to come down to have a look. If you're not sure what Harvest is about, come on down, oh, we do tours amazing. all the time. Yeah. I think you're right, when you walk in the doors, you feel it. Mm -hmm. We are compassionate, we are respectful. We are. We try to be really welcoming, yes, and we are. try and make yep. people feel really special. Yeah, mm -hmm. And they're always busy. So oh, I was yes. wondering, um, <laughs> there must be though, one or two stories that stick out in your mind where, you know, it really has tugged at your heart and mm. like, okay, this was a good choice for me to be at. And oh, yeah, we have stories every you've day. Because cha you've changed things everywhere in there. I mean, that's just my opinion. Mm -hmm. But as a as a woman, but you know, beyond being being female, it's just taking something and taking ownership, which I think you really have. But mm, Thank you. The stories are every day. Um, we had a story where we had a little girl whose family had to use the food bank for a while because one of their one of her parents had gotten ill, and they used the food bank for several months, and then they went back to being on their own. And her birthday came up, and her mom said, "What do you want to go for your birthday?" And she said, "Winnipeg Harvest." And she's like, "Why?" She goes, "Well, because I want to go and show my friends that when we needed food, we were there, and I want to be able to go and help other people." So we yeah. so she called our volunteer services yeah. Yeah. and they set up an entire little room for her and put her name on the wall. We had a cake. She came in with her friends. They donated food and money mm -hmm. and they also helped put some bags um, bag, some bags together Love for it. food. That's amazing. So that was her giving back yeah. and she yeah. was seven. Wow. I look back and think when I was seven that didn't even mm -hmm. cross my mind. <laughs> so we were just so deeply touched. Yeah. Imagine what she'll be when she's 37, right? She'll yes. be amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. amazing. She might be running 
running Winnipeg oh, Harvest. No. There we go. <laughs> or running the city. Yes. Or running, yeah, the country, mm. whatever. This is my first encounter. I know last time that I think we did something with the Winnipeg Harvest, I was out of town. But yeah. I'm really, really happy that I got to be here today and mm. to meet you. And just thank you for, you know, being an advocate mm -hmm. for this and mm. the community and the people who need it. Um, I'm speaking for the Hugh crew right now, and we are super, super happy to be able to share this platform um, and the message today with you. And she's coming back because she loves books, and she started mm -hmm. a book club. I know this. Mm -hmm. She talked to me about this at awesome. Harvest. Yes. I mean, but yeah, so what are you reading now? We just finished one book, which was Dare to Lead. And yes. I'm reading it right yeah. now. Yeah. So Brown. excited. everywhere. So we did that. So for, I'm a really big, strong fan of leadership. And mm -hmm. I think there's ways to teach people leadership. We, we try and role model and be supportive and mentor. But I think there's also a way we can learn as a group. Mm -hmm. So my two different leader groups, managers and directors, had two different books. And we've been going through them and learning from each other. And we just finished off those books. And we're just getting ready to start our new ones for the year. So we're really excited. Wow. So what do you awesome. recommend? Oh, I'm a big leader. Um, there are some good things for organizations, like Good to Great, Built to Last, or always by Jim Collins, are great books to understand what makes an organization mm -hmm. successful mm -hmm. and how do you mm -hmm. keep it going. Um, oh, goodness. I'm Sorry, mine was Fifty Shades of Grey. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just thinking that's my leadership. That. Oh, so you haven't read I that? Have okay, not. I have all three books. Okay, <laughs> all right. I feel like we could talk oh. forever on <laughs> this. This is definitely a subject that doesn't go away. No. No. Um, no. You know, but all we can do is keep making, you know, strides towards yeah. it. Strides, and, yes. Yeah. All right. Making, making Cheers a little to dent. that. Day to day. Cheers. Thanks so much, Karen. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Awesome. And again, thank once you. again, thank you to Foxbridge Homes for this beautiful show home. Cheers. <laughs>
Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.